together, because you're going to do this together. Hand on your heart, you know the deal now. Jesus, thank you for today. I know you're not finished, so I'm ready. Do whatever you need to do. You're able. I'm willing. Let's do this. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Because he's able, she is able. She is able. We are able. I think so often we think we're not. We talk ourselves out of it. But because he's able, thank you, team. You're amazing. Let's honor this amazing team. Thank you. And the guys on the desk. Thank you. Love it. Um, So often we... We know he's able in our head. Yes, he's God. But because he's able, it means we're able. So we have no excuse. Um, He has wiped out every excuse I've ever given him. And I've given him a few. Um, And so that whole thing of, you know, we don't feel like we can overcome. But the Bible says we can. In Revelations 12, 1, it says they over... Sorry, I haven't given these to the guys at the back. Um, They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word their testimony. And there's stories in this room. Your stories are really important in this season in God. Because a lot of people won't come to church, but they'll listen to a story. Um, And I want to challenge us. Where are we when it comes to the lost? You know, I've asked this question in many churches, so I'm going to ask it here with us. Um, What did you do when you heard Billy Graham had died? Just shout out. What did you, you felt sad? Loved that. Anyone else? What did you do when you heard Billy Graham died? What a heritage. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. You cried. I love you. So did I. Yeah. Yeah. His son is carrying it on. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an end of an era. (laughs) Better not be. (laughs) There's too many souls. But his era, yes, I get it. But we need to have that passion and that zeal that he had. Again, because you're right. In a way, a lot of people think, oh, that's done now. But there's millions of people who don't know Christ. So when I heard he died, I heard it in the morning, um, and I got on my knees. Not easy for me to do. I have a knee replacement. I have rheumatoid arthritis. I have it. It does not have me. Um, I got on my knees, and I'm like, Lord, I want the souls he left behind. I want the souls. How desperate are we for souls? Because if we want to be like Jesus, and if I asked you one-to-one, do you want to be like Jesus? You say, yeah. Well, he came to seek and save the lost. So we need to. And your story is part of that. It's your story over a coffee. You know, whenever I share my story in a coffee shop, you can tell other people are listening. And because people love a story. They love a story, and you've got a story. They overcame. How do we overcome our fears? How do we overcome our doubts? By sharing our story, because it reminds us what God's done for us. And we have to remind ourselves, because we can get so kind of, I don't use the word busy, because busy is a wall word. Words are walls or doors. So I'm very careful with words, because your language locates you. It really does locate you. Um, so I'm very careful about wall words, so I don't use it. Because if you say to someone, oh, I'm busy, they'll never ask you to do anything. They'll never get involved in you because you'll be the too busy person. So I say, my life is full, but there's always room for one more. Because language locates us. But we overcome 
by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I want to really encourage us. When was the last time you shared a story about Jesus? When your testimony is not the day you got saved. Your testimony is yesterday. Okay? You know, just a few weeks ago, uh, my daughter fell down the stairs. Um, she broke her leg, broke her ankle, had a spiral fracture and a compound fracture. Her foot, her foot was turned the other way, and they were talking about amputation. Um, so that was on the Saturday. On the Monday, Fred got shingles. Um, and then on the Thursday, someone emptied my bank account and cloned my identity. So my testimony is, in the midst of things that don't go right, he is still on the throne. So it's not just our salvation story. What do you do in those circumstances? I'm like, Jesus, this is not funny. I don't have time for this. Do you see me laughing? I'm like, this is not funny. And he's like, I'm still on the throne. Yes, you are. He wasn't in a panic and never going, oh, Margaret's identity's been stolen. It wasn't like that. Seized it next one right next to my father praying for me. And we have to understand that. We have to understand that that's our testimony. So people watch us when we're under pressure. And as Christians, that's when we shine, under pressure. It's not that we don't pretend it hasn't happened. I cried with my daughter. I got a little frustrated with some doctors. And now she's got a DVT, a deep vein thrombosis. I'm like, Jesus, and I'm going to Europe next week. This is not funny. You know, you can look and think, oh, that's lovely. She travels around. It's always costly. It's always costly. It's not romantic. It's costly. Because now she, this DVT obviously is dangerous. Um, and so I'm like, Lord, I need to be here. And he's like, if you needed to be here, you'd be here. So go in peace. That's my testimony. That's my testimony. By the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, you will overcome. So you talk first to yourself. We will overcome. It's not just a song, we will overcome. It's actually a life that we can overcome circumstances and situations, but we have to remind ourselves that he is our father. He is our savior. Jesus is our best friend and we can do all things. So, you know, and I know some of you have got things that, you know, you're going to go home to that you need to overcome. And, you know, it's just real life. So if that's you, you know, I'm going home, Margaret, and I know I'm going to have to overcome some things to move forward. If I want to be all that he's called me to be, if I am as he is. I'm going to have to overcome. Who are you? Just raise your hands. Yeah, up on those feet. God's going to... These are things... I didn't give these to the, to the team back there. They haven't got these verses. God gave me these. Woke me up with these this morning. This is a God thing. Because I had a nice little thing I wanted to do. <laughs> and he has a plan right now. Because, because he overcame. On the cross, he overcame. He took death captive. He overcame. By the blood of the lamb, his blood was shed so we could overcome. But it's a choice to overcome. It really is. Deuteronomy 30 is my defining word. You can share it if you must. It says, what I command you to, in verse 11, it says, what I command you today is not too difficult. How many of us know it feels difficult to overcome? But the Bible says, not my feelings, the Bible says it's not too difficult. It says, what I command you today is not too difficult. It's not up in heaven so you can say, who can ascend to heaven and get it? It's not in the depths of the sea so you can see who can go to the depths. It's within you. We're going to take personal responsibility so that we can overcome. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to do this together. Ready? Hand on your heart, my lovelies. Pray with me. Jesus, Jesus. Today, today I receive, I receive the, word the word that says I can, I can. overcome. So help me.
Fill me full of all that I need. In Jesus' name, I receive it. Amen. Now, this is a double portion one, because if you're going to overcome, you need courage. And the Bible says, don't pray for courage. It says, take it. And I know lots of people who say, I'm praying for courage. It doesn't say that. It says, take courage. And we've got to start taking courage to take the land. We've got to take courage to overcome. So we're going to double dip for courage. Are you in for that? I always take, I go down twice because courage is a real thing for me. I'm like, I need the courage to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, So we're ready to go. Hands up first so that we're ready. Say, Jesus, I'm going for courage, double portion, so that I can overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Down we go. Down the front, wherever you want to put it, but don't go home without courage. And if you need to go again, down you go. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? So often we don't take what God has. He's paid a huge price for us to have all that we need for life and godliness. And we walk around like paupers. It really stirs me up. I'm like, why are we doing that, Jesus? He's like, I don't know. I really don't know. I've done it all. You know, literally he's done it all. The cross is all sufficient. Everything we need for life and godliness, he's already given us. So let's not be those people who go, I can't. Really, when I say I can't, I really mean I won't. Because you're nice, you wouldn't do that. But I can be a bit stubborn. But because he is, she is. He's done it, she's able. Okay, we know God's able. But it means we're able. It means we're able to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And you know, women of God, thank you. We're going to pray for you later and we're going to anoint you in oil. I'll tell you some stories about that in a minute. But there, we, if we have been bound up in this time today, it's so that we can go up and bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free. Please don't think that's pastor's jobs. That's our job. Our job. No restrictions on age. It's our job. There are people in your school that need you. There are people in your college that need you. Your neighbors need us to actually do what God has called us to do. And that's to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And I I think we've just got to get passionate about what we're called for. Just got to get passionate about it and go, no, this is what I'm called for. When people tell you you can't do something, just go, "Um, my Bible says, my Bible says, so I know it's shocking for younger people, but your, your opinions don't count. I know, I know, I know, I know it's flicking your switch right now, but your opinions don't count. It's the word of God that counts. It's what changed people's lives, not your opinion of it, but the word of God. And we need to give people the word of God. When my mum, I I had two words of knowledge for my mum, and are you moving in the gifts? Because we have to fan into flame the gift that's in us. We're not here to look at other people. Moving in the gifts, we're all meant to move in them. They're gifts. You know, we didn't look at that and go, oh, that's not for me. Nice gift, but it's not for me. I'm like, oh, I'll use this. You know, that's what a gift is for. It's like, oh, I can so use that. That'll work. But we're not always doing that in our supernatural gifting. And I'm one of those people, I want it all. If it's out there, I want it. And that should be all of us. So two words of knowledge about my mum. Um, and she was insane. And I thought, Lord, she's actually insane. 
And he's like, you're not talking to her mind, you're talking to her soul. And we have to remember to talk to people's souls, not their minds. Because your mind actually, unless you've asked for the mind of Christ, can go anywhere. But your soul belongs to God. And so I started to talk to her as if she was sane. And I gave her two words of knowledge, which are private, so I'm not going to tell you. It's her story, not mine. She's not here. Um, And the issue was forgiveness. My mum had lots of treatment, but, you know, nobody touched forgiveness. And my mum chose to forgive. And I phoned the psychiatrist, and I said, my mum's got saved, and she said, Margaret, she's too old. She's too far down the drug route. And I didn't discuss it with her. I said, my Bible says that she'll be dressed in in her right mind. And she was. And she came home. And she came off all her legal drugs. In Jesus' name. This works. This works. I didn't give her my opinion of where my mom was. This Bible works. Come on. We have life and truth and the word of God that's in us to overcome, to be able to set the captives free. But if you're captive, you can't set another captive free because you're bound. And we've seen freedom in this room today. And I I would be remiss because Holy Spirit woke me up, as he does, um, and said that people need, firstly, to forgive yourself in this room. You're really good at forgiving others, some of you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But some of you don't forgive yourself, so we're going to do it too, so nobody will know which one it is. So if you need to forgive someone, and you know you do, you know you think you've forgiven someone until you see them. You know, and then you see them and you think, I have a really good headbutt. (laughs) I have a misspent youth and I have a really good headbutt. And I look at them and I think, I so want to headbutt them. (laughs) Don't pretend you don't feel like that. (laughs) I just say it. Um, And then I know I haven't forgiven them. Uh, And so we think we've forgiven people, but forgiveness is a key to life. And Jesus gave us that key to unlock us. So whether you need to forgive someone or whether you need to forgive yourself. And for a a long time, I I learned to forgive. I think it's a learning curve. I I saw the benefits because the Bible says, forgive those who trespass against you. I had lots of people trespass. Um, But it says also, if you don't forgive, he doesn't forgive us. I don't want anything blocking my path to the Christ. I want to be able to have access to Jesus all the time. So unforgiveness is not a good thing to hang on to. So whether it's to somebody else or whether you need to forgive yourself, and often we are quicker to do that than this. So either of those two, you know you need to forgive someone or you need to forgive yourself. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? So let's hear some chains falling. Oh, yes, I can hear them. Look, look around. You're not the only one. And don't look and think, I wonder who she's forgiving. Don't do that. It's naughty. Don't do it. It's like, woo. Oh, I hope she's forgiven herself. I've been telling her to do it for months. None of that. We are going to focus on Jesus um, because he does that for us. He makes a way for us to forgive ourselves and to forgive others because he did it. He did it. He forgave us. Why were we yet sinners? Isn't that amazing? It's unconditional forgiveness. That's, for me, it was like, oh, my word. Why wouldn't we unwrap that every day? Are we ready? This is a hand on the heart moment. Pray with me. Jesus, today I'm choosing to forgive others or myself because this is the day. I'm not picking it up anymore. I'm letting it go. I'm choosing to believe your word. So help me, Jesus, so that I can overcome 
and be useful to my king. Amen, amen, amen. Chains, can you hear them? The angels are going, Jesus looking at his hands going, they were so worth it. They were so worth it. Actually, it makes a difference. Heaven is leaning in and the angels rejoice when we respond. And we forget that, I think, sometimes. So she's able to forgive because he has forgiven us. We are able because he is able. Otherwise, it would be a nightmare. I've lived 30 years as a non-Christian. I didn't forgive anyone. I had a memory like an elephant. And I'm like, this is why I'm mean to you. Do you want to know why? I'll tell you. I remembered. Um, And yet, you know, he remembers my sin no more. So I choose to forget. It's a choice. He remembers our sin no more. And some of you keep thinking he remembers. And you know, on the cross, he took all your guilt and shame. All of it. Not some of it. All of it. And if you've got guilt or shame in you today, it's not from God. And so I don't want us to go home with it. Guilt and shame is something we carry. We don't always put a label on it. But you know whether you've got guilt and shame or not. Um, And Jesus came and the cross is all sufficient. He took all our guilt and all our shame. He knew what we were going to do and still died for us. How amazing is that? And he took all our guilt and shame. So why would we carry it? So we're not going to do that individually. We're all going to stand because guilt and shame can actually keep you in your seat. So we're all going to stand. Okay, because we love you and we're sisters. Okay, but guilt and shame, we're all going to pray this. And you know that you know in your heart that you brought guilt and shame in here today. You are not allowed to take it home. I will do a little search at the door, a little sniff. Can I smell shame? We're not having any because Jesus paid for it. So we're going to pray together and we're going to stand together as sisters and believe for each other that no one will leave here with guilt and shame. Are you up for that? Come on, pray. Hand on your heart, my lovelies. Let's all pray. Jesus. Thank you that you love me. Thank you you died for me. And on the cross, you took all my guilt and shame. I will not carry it anymore. I lay it at your feet. Thank you, Jesus, that you, get, you paid a price so I could live free of guilt and shame. This is a new day. I will not take it back. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. This is a big one. The angels are like, woo If they really live like that, the world will be changed. Because there's a whole world out there who's caught in guilt and shame. And if you haven't got any, you can set them free. Otherwise, you get caught up in their mess. I love you. Take your seats, my lovelies. How good is he? How good is he? Because he cares, we can care. And I think sometimes we are overcome with care. And I've been in that position. You know, when, obviously, I worked with people who misuse drugs. I had my crazy, lovely mum. And it can overwhelm you. But because he cares, I can care. And there is a world that needs to be cared for. And we need to get better at it. We just need to get better at it. It's not complicated. Who are the complicate? Who complicates everything? Who are those people? Yeah, put stop it, stop it. You know what happens when you complicate it? You, how many times do you talk yourself out of it because you complicate it and make it so difficult? 
And we are, who are the overthinkers? Oh, that definitely, look around. Oh, you have to stand up for that one. It has to go, sorry. No more overthinking. Up on your feet. Come on. Look around. You are not alone. You're in the family of overthinkers. How many times? It doesn't matter. You know, it's, yeah, that's right. Don't overthink standing up. Some of you are like, should I? Shouldn't I? Is she talking to me? Oh, I may be. I could be. Should I? You're overthinking. Get on your feet if you need to. Don't overthink things. We've actually raised a generation to overthink everything. Should I? Shouldn't I? Will I? Won't I? And then do nothing. And I, you know, it's not healthy. The Bible says we can have the mind of Christ. And let's start claiming it and not overthink things. The Bible says let your yes be yes and your no be no. And we need to live in that. We need to live in that place. Don't second guess yourself. Someone in here does that all the time. Who are you? You keep second guessing yourself. Hand up. Come on, own it. See, look, you're not alone. But can you stop it? No more? Deal? You may laugh, but deal? Yes? Good. We're going to stop it. We're actually going to stop because when we second guess ourselves, we don't do it. We actually talk ourselves out. And there's a world out there that needs us so secure that we don't do that anymore. Don't overthink it. If it lines up with this word of God, let's get on with it. Let's not go, oh, yeah, but what? But some of you are standing with the what if people. Yeah, but what if? What if it doesn't work? What if it does? What if people don't like me? What if God smiles? What if it fails? Well, at least you tried. What if? What if? What if? What if you don't do anything and you arrive in heaven and he shows you all the things he prepared for you before the foundation of the earth and you go, what if? I've done that. Let's not do it anymore. Hand on your heart, gorgeous people. Jesus, today, I stand and I declare no more overthinking. No more overcomplicating everything. I'm going to trust and obey because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. So I'm going to. Amen. Some of you are like, oh, do I have to do that now? Yes. Because <laughs> you were talking to God, not me. You can do this. Promise me now. Okay? No, as you go out going, oh, I'll just take that bit with me because I like it. <laughs> no, no, no. Heads up and eyes fixed on Jesus as we leave. You may sit down, gorgeous people. Um, but we need to care for people in a very real and profound way. And we can only do that when we're secure. Um, and I believe God wants us to be the most secure people on the planet. And when we are that, he says, cast all your cares. Your, I love it in the, the passion. It says, cast all your anxieties on his, on him because he cares for you. Um, anxiety robs us. I've been, I've been anxious. I, I'm not now because the Bible says I can't be. <laughs> so we were talking in our group. And you know, whenever I feel driven, I pause. Because driving makes me anxious. If I feel driven, I've got to. I must, I must, I should, I, ought, I must be here. I should be there. I must do. I stop. And, uh, that's not God. God doesn't drive us. He leads us. He leads us. So whenever you feel driven, pause. See, la. Breathe. This is not God. I don't have to do it. I don't have to be anxious. It says, 
cast. I love the word cast. It means fling. Don't you know? I love flinging things. I'm like, wee! I love to fling. Whoa, yeah, let's fling it. But we often carry things that we're supposed to fling. It says, cast all your cares upon Jesus. All your anxiety to Jesus. And we're living in a world where anxiety is a huge deal right now. Um, It really is. Anxiety is top of a lot of doctor's visits. I'm anxious. And if you ask people what they're anxious over, they're finding it more and more difficult to voice what it is because they're overwhelmed. Um, And Jesus wants us to be free. And he means give it to him. So fling it. So if you've got anxieties or cares, I want you to come out the front. I know, how scary. But we're going to fling it together. Okay, just come. Just come out the front. We're going to fling it over our shoulder, not to the person behind you. Um, so nobody catch somebody else's anxiety. Look at this, people. Look at it. Come on in, my lovelies. Come on. Come on. Yeah. You better throw it this way, then. So if you throw it behind you, someone else will catch it. Um, no, she's going to go this way. We're going to throw, cast it this way, okay? This way. You know, some of you are, are really anxious about the future. Um, and, you know, the future belongs to God, not us. And so I want you to cast it. I want you to fling it. I want you to throw it in that direction. Other you are anxious about the, the future being the same as the past. Um, and it's not. It's a new day. It's a new day. It really is a new day. Some of you are like, seriously, could it be a new day? Yes. The Bible says he is new every morning. Okay? It's new. But if you focus on the past, you, we did that this morning, so we're not going to go back there. But all your anxiety. Okay? So I want you to picture it in your hand. Close your eyes. Picture it in your hand. Think of that anxiety. Screw it up in a ball. I'll get out of the way so you don't... I don't want your anxiety. So I'll move across. Um, but I want us to fling it. And I want you to think, I'm not taking it back. Because anxiety becomes a habit. And, you know, if you can have a bad habit, you can have a good one. Because it's just a habit. So when you cast this, what I want you to do is replace it with peace. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to cast anxiety, and then you're going to receive peace. Is that okay? So if you've got in your hand what your anxiety is, are you ready to fling it? Okay, really hard in that direction, because I don't want it. Okay? On the count of three, and have you got everything that you want to get rid of? Just kind of name it as you fling it. Okay? Ready? One, two, three. Fling it. Thank you, Jesus. Raise your hands. Jesus, pray with me. Jesus, thank you. I've cast. I've flung all my anxiety. I won't take it back. And now with my hands raised, fill me with peace. Your peace beyond my understanding and for your glory. I'm taking it home with me. It's what you paid for. Help me to live in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just stand there for a minute. The peace of God is here. Tangible, touchable peace of God. Just stay and receive it for a minute. He's here. He's here because he loves you. He's here because he paid a price for you. Where the presence of the Lord is, there's peace and liberty. Peace and liberty. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out. Holy Spirit, minister right now as only you can. Peace and liberty for all all that stand. 
for all that stand. Jesus, we honor you. We need your peace. In a world of stress, we need your peace. Thank you, Lord. Just moments in your presence changes everything. We receive it. We take more than enough so we can be peace carriers to a very needy world who've forgotten what peace looks like. And it only takes a moment just to press in. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Seal up the work you've just done. Don't let anyone leak. Seal it up, Spirit of the living God. Just seal up the work you've begun, the peace that you've given. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well done, brave women running my family. Good job. He'll dry your eyes. He'll uphold your cause. He's a good, good father. I love it when we have time. Thank you for giving us space to do that, Alex. That's really kind. So a lot of the time we don't give space for those moments so we don't have time to linger. But what you just did here, you can do in the bathroom. You can do in the shower. And just breathe in the presence of God and, and just gather some peace. I have to do that. When I'm in that moment, I have to go in the bathroom and think, I'm not leaving until I've got more peace. I'm not going. And we have to just be determined. And he's not in heaven going, you had peace last week. It's like, you're here again for peace. He's not like that. And so, so often we have not because we ask not. And I believe as we ask, he reaches his life. Of course. Of course, how much do you want? There's no limit. He doesn't go, oh, you had your 10 cents worth last week. Make it last. It's not pocket money. You know, he's not like that. He says he loves to give good gifts to his children. He loves to do it. Heaven is right now going, yes. You know, we're here to equip the saints for works of service. That's what we do. And this is how we equip each other. It's iron sharpening iron and spending time in his word and saying, yes, Jesus, I can do this. I can do it. And I believe right now, let me just make sure I've done what you told me to do. We've done forgiveness. Um, Can I just remind you, because he loves us unconditionally, and he's able to do that, it means we're able to love unconditionally. If we love conditionally, it's not love. It's manipulation. And I've been around long enough to see a lot of manipulation that's not love. And so love is unconditional. I love you whether you're nice to me or not. And so often we like people when they're nice to us, and when they're not, we back off. And can I remind you, withdrawal is a weapon. We all use it, all of us, if we're honest. We withdraw, it's our weapon. But Jesus never withdrew from the cross and he doesn't withdraw from us. And I'm so grateful he doesn't. But I have withdrawn and I'm like, this is not safe for me, I'm going to withdraw. I don't mean put yourself in a vulnerable situation, but you can still love people without them affecting you. Because Jesus loves me, my sin does not affect him. (laughs) And it means we can love unconditionally. And I want to challenge us today to be baptized in his love, immersed, immersed in love, unconditional. Whether you like me or whether you don't, I'm going to love you. Whether you agree with me, which is often a big thing for us women, unless even if you don't agree with me, I'm going to love you. Because that's what the world needs. We are loved unconditionally. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. I ignored him for 30 years of my life. Didn't even acknowledge that he was there. I'm like, if there's a God, like, hmm. And even go, well, junk heap for her. Imagine if he did that. If he like, no, you ignored me, so I'm ignoring you now. And that's what we do. Like, no, you ignored me, so I'm ignoring you. Take my bat and ball home. Not playing anymore. Um, But he never did that. You know, you know, when we don't hang out with God, there was times when we, like my life was really full and I talked to Jesus on the run. Anybody? No, I won't ask you to raise your hand. But I talked to him on the run and then I, I, like, I came to his presence. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And I'm, he's in the throne room, I'm hanging out the back and he's like, come on in. I'm like, no, no, 
haven't been for ages. I don't feel I belong here anymore. It's like, come in. He's like, Lord, I should have been here ages ago hanging. And I just, I got distracted. He didn't go, well, you stupid woman. He didn't say that. You know what he said? I missed you. I was undone. I missed you. Not where were you? Why were you? How could you? I missed you. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. I missed you. That's all he said. I was undone. Undone. Like, you would miss me? He misses us because he's relational. But we can often withdraw. And he loves us unconditionally. And I really believe as the church, as we are baptized in love, keeping no record of wrongs because we've already forgiven those ones, um, and actually loving people to life. In England, there's a saying, you know, I'm going to love you to death. I'm like, no thanks. (laughs) I'll be loved to life rather. Um, But unconditional love does that. When you love people, I've worked with people other people don't want to work with. I've worked with rapists and and worked into prisons that other people didn't want to work in. Because how else are they going to know that there's a God who loves them? Except that he uses us, our ordinary everyday lives. Just in the shops, in the circumstances that we're in. But if you're up for it today, I really felt like this is, it was the last thing he said. He's like, ask them if they'll be baptized in love. Well, then we're going to do some practical healing. But I really believe that if we're baptized in love, it changes us more than anything else. Because love keeps no record of wrongs. Love looks with different eyes. Love looks for the good. And we need to look for the good. You know, when you see those people that you like, oh, where's the Jesus bit? You know, if I keep looking, I'm sure I'll find it. You know, actually, we have to look sometimes for the Jesus, not the person. Everyone is made in the image of God. Everyone. And I was working with this rapist and and he was really good at manipulation. He's like, why do you keep looking at me like that? I'm like, because I can see you were made in his image. Not looking at what you did. I'm looking at the Christ who made you and who's in you. And it, it changed him because nobody had ever told him he was made in the image of God. Who do you need to tell? Who do you need to remind? Maybe you need to remind yourself. But love does that. Love looks for the Jesus, not for the things that are not working. Um, And we can all find those. Anyone can be a critic. But it takes, he is able, and she is able to be able to look for the love. Are we up to be baptized in love? That means immersed. Can we stand to our feet? If you're struggling in this area, if you're really struggling, I want you to come out and we're going to lay hands on you. But if you know that you just need a refilling, you know, I generally love people in the general. um, But you know that you struggle in this area to actually love people. Just come out real quick and we'll pray for you. Otherwise, we're all going to raise our hands if everyone's good. But I felt there was someone who just struggled to actually love people with no strings. There's no shame in that because we've dealt with that. But anybody want to come out, we'll lay hands on you and, and help you walk into the f- future. Anyone that you know you struggle with loving unconditionally. You can love people when they're nice to you, but when they're not so nice, you kind of back off a bit. Who is it? I'm going to wait because I know you're here, so don't. we're not going to rush. You know that you back away, you tend to withdraw. You wouldn't call it withdraw. I love you. Well done. Anybody else want to join this brave woman? brave girl here anyone else that you know you do back off it's like pulling teeth isn't it come on my lovely you're so worth it come on 
everyone else raise their hands. You come out. I'll be funny. I'm like, no, there's no one here. Okay, everyone raise their hands. Everyone, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for these separately. But raise your hands and pray with me. Jesus, baptize me in your love. Immerse me from the top of my head to the tips of my toes. I receive it. I receive it. Double portion. Press down and overflowing in Jesus' name. Now, if you need to soak in that for a minute, do. If you're able, if you're focused, put your hands towards these amazing girls and we're going to pray. Father, thank you. Right now, fresh anointing, freshness. Lord, it's a new day. No more withdrawal. It's a new day. Touch her, Lord. Touch her. Heal her. Heal her, Jesus. Heal her, Lord. Heal her, Jesus. Heal her. Break every lie. Heal her. Heal her, Jesus. Freedom. Freedom to love. Freedom to give. Freedom in Jesus' name. It's a new day. It's a new day. Freedom. No more withdrawal. He'll dry your eyes. He'll uphold your cause. He loves you. It's a new day. No more boundaries. Trust him. Trust him. It's a new day to trust. It's a new day. Anoint them, Lord. Smear them with ability to love unconditionally. New day, Lord. All weariness leave. All weariness leave right now. All weariness. Fresh anointing. Immerse her. Baptize her, Lord, in love. It's a new day. It's a new day. Amen. 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 The presence of God is here. He's here. You are today. <laughs> you are today. You are today. Tissues. Can we have some tissues? Thank you. Well done. Well done. You know, we we want to spend a day doing business with God, and and we've done that, and God honors that. But I want you to go home and write it down somewhere. Okay, this day, a change happened. Okay, I need to write it down because we forget. And when the feelings come, not if, it says when we walk through the valley, not if we walk through a valley, when. You say, no, I dealt with that on that day. What did Jesus say on the cross? He could have said anything. He could have said, I love you, because he does. He could have said, I'll be back, because he will. (laughs) But he didn't. He said, it is finished. It is finished. So when you you have a thought, you say, no, it's finished. Amen? Brave women running my family. Well done for coming out. Good job. It's finished. It's finished. Yeah, honor these women. Honor these women. Okay, we're going to close in a minute. But before we do that, um, I really believe, um, you know, in the Bible, it talks about Paul, um, where he had a hankies and aprons and they prayed on them and people got healed. Well, that's how my mum got saved, with a hanky um, that had been prayed for. Um, and I believe God is bringing those things back to, I don't just do it when he 
because I think it's a good thing to do. I only do it when he tells me. He didn't tell me to do hankies today, but he did tell me to anoint people. And there's something on anointing oil right now. Um, I'm just, I normally carry it. I'm like, it's not in my bag. Um, we're seeing cancers go. We're seeing long-term sickness go. We're seeing things change as we anoint people with oil. And if you've got any long-term sickness, I would encourage you, do communion with your medication. It's time we saw the body whole. And so, as I, you know, as I say, I've got rheumatoid arthritis. It hasn't got me. But I take communion with my meds. And my rheumatologist is like, Margaret, no one does what you do with what you've got. No one. I'm like, I have a savior who saves me. Um, and so if you need physical healing today, I believe he's here. And we're going to anoint you with oil. The pastors and leaders here are going to anoint you. We're going to anoint you. We're going to believe God. This is a day he has made. And for me, healing, physical healing is like a kiss from heaven. It's just a kiss from heaven. He's like, yeah, of course I want to do that. Healing's not weird. Jesus is not weird. He's wonderful. And we should never get weird. Jesus wasn't weird. But he did do amazing things. And so if you need physical healing, just come to the front. We're not going to, we're just going to pray for you. Going to believe God that you're going to be healed. And if you're seated and you're comfortable, can you pray for the people as we pray for them? Because we're in this together. If one suffers, we all suffer. If one hurts, we all hurt. And we're going to believe God today for healing. And we're not going to prolong it. We're just going to touch, believe that God is going to touch you. Yeah, come on. Whether that's emotional or physical healing, God's going to heal you today. Just come in so everyone can get in. Rose, Alex, come. We've got oil down here. Just, we're going to anoint you. Can you see how much sickness is in the church? It needs to stop. It needs to stop. We need to claim the promise of God and say, no, in Jesus' name, this is a new day. He came that we could be healed. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Amen? Okay. So relax as they just, if you're sitting, just you can watch because we learn by watching or you can pray. The choice is yours. We're just going to go down the line and pray for you.